Ah, it's that time of the week. That's right, it is Keeping It Real with Chuck Ludy and the Big Fella, episode 18. That's right, I hope I got that right. Ludy will pull me up if I haven't, but it's episode 18, we believe. And we have had some huge guests on this little podcast, all thanks to Clinton Balsh and the Nissan Warrior here in Warrnambool. And, uh, well, let's go, let's travel down the highway and we say a very good evening to this man. Well, it's a big show. Oh, yes, the big show. All the way from Mount Eliza in Melbourne, we say a very good evening to Darren Chuck Berry. How are you, Saka? Uh, good to speak to you, big fella. And you're right, uh, 18 shows. Who would have thought? We started this, the three of us, for a bit of fun in isolation. And gee whiz, I just had a look tonight before we come on. Shane Warne, John O'Brown, Nathan Lyon, Mark Leishman, Patrick Dangerfield, Tim Payne, Sharni Layton. We've had some massive, I mean, that's just to name a few. Mm. We've had some massive guests, but if tonight is not the biggest, I know I say it every week, I teased it on social media today. If tonight is not the biggest, you don't say, Maddie, and I know you've got to get Timmy on, but you don't say the word legend very lightly. But when you finally get to him, this man is an Australian legend. But I'll let you introduce the other bloke that's not a legend first. Yeah, we better get him on because uh, he's waiting patiently on the phone. Timmy Ludeman, good evening and welcome to you, big fella. Thanks, big fella. Another week. Uh, I reckon one of our guests needs to be Dan Andrews. We need to get the man on. Get him in here. <laughs> Actually, imagine, imagine getting Dan. Him or Sam Newman would be good at the moment. I reckon they're both uh, making headlines. <laughs> hey, just on the big show, uh, the kids have uh, got the PS4, little Oscar, and uh, everyone wants to be the big show in uh, the wrestling, WrestleMania, uh, might I say, Chuck. And I think it's because you've taken it to a new level with this podcast and the oh. intro. I'm not sure about that, uh, boys, but uh, if isolation continues, the big show is getting bigger, I must admit. You know, I did my hamstring, and it's put me behind the eight ball a little bit, and I'm, I've got to get off the beers because the big show is just getting a little bit too big at the minute. <laughs> you should be getting out for your hour a day, mate. You're allowed out within five kilometres. Um, the string sort of it curtailed me for a couple of weeks, but I'm back. I'm back on the horse. But don't worry about us. Let, hey, Maddie, come hey, on. Hey, oh, well, just before be, before we go to our guests, and uh, this bloke's okay. got a bit of a tie in with football nowadays too. Um, but Ludy, isn't it great to sit back and watch Twitter just explode oh, uh, whenever the St Kilda oh. Football Club plays? Now, Ludy, our great mate Chuck Berry, just uh, he's so passionate about the Saints, isn't he? <laughs> I get that many texts to me saying, how many bloody beers has Chuck had this day? <laughs> He's got to be put on a bar. You, you can't be drinking piss while the Saints are on, Saka. Honestly, it's entertainment. I nearly, I virtually just get me a little bit of popcorn and me, uh, me, me chips, chips with a bit of chicken salt, and I sit back yep. and just wait for the show to start. It's awesome. Yeah, no, well, I didn't enjoy it much the other night, and you're right, boys. There's nothing worse. There is nothing worse than a supporter shitbagging his own team. So what I've decided now, whenever the Saints are on, I'm turning my phone off until the end of the game. That's, I've, I've banned myself. Self-banned. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, let's go to our guests. And I reckon this gives a little bit of a uh, clue as to who it might be. Uh, this is basketball theme song. This is basketball royalty. 
Okay, this bloke, 22 seasons in the NBL with the Melbourne Tigers from 1984 to 2005. He won the league's MVP award. That's equivalent to the Brownlow medal seven times and won the scoring title 14 times. He led the Tigers to NBL championships in 1993 and 1997. How special was that with his father, Lindsay, too? Absolutely amazing. Put your hands together for the great man, Andrew Gaze. How are you, big fella? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it's, uh, that is one of the longest introductions I've ever heard, and it's uh, some very crisp work that we're getting from uh, from you blokes. But um, uh, you talk about um, some of the guests that you've had. Gee whiz, I'm feeling like you've gone uh, well. If I'm 18th, that means <laughs> I'm 18th in the pecking order, and that is a setback. So um, <laughs> hopefully I can put on a show that uh, at least when it comes to the ratings, the depth chart hasn't done me well, but hopefully in the ratings we, we fire right up. No, the problem is you've got a really good manager, mate, that negotiates better deals than the others. The others just jump in pretty easy, mate. But we had to really work hard to get you, Gazy. <laughs> no, no, I was, uh, uh, Darren, uh, Chuck gave you the, um, the call, and uh, we go back a very, very long way. Um, we were actually the foundation to Triple M for a few years, uh, as we just carved it up on a Saturday morning on the Dead Set Legends show. How long ago was that? That would have been 10, 15 years, wouldn't it? Daisy, when I was doing my research to speak with you today, I went to my book uh, library and I pulled out uh, the Andrew Gay story, A Kid with a Ball and a Dream, <laughs> that you kindly signed for me. Uh, and I read it a long time ago, but I'm too chuck, enjoy the book, blah, blah, blah. Andrew Gay, uh, 2005. Wow. When we were working on the Dead Set Legend. So Incredible. 15 yep. years ago, mate. Incredible. No, they were great times. I still remember them very fondly. But um, but no, we've, we've, I think both of us have uh, sharpened our work up ever so slightly and uh, we've gone on to do bigger and better things. Well, you have, Gazy. You've gone on the TV and uh, you're, you're, doing, you're doing a lot of wonderful stuff. But our man Saga is working at uh, down, the, down the highway Geelong at K-Rock calling the odd game of footy. So you've certainly kicked goals. No, he's got bigger. No, no. He, he, does some, he, he does some very high-quality work. Oh, I see him around the corridors of uh, some very powerful networks. So uh, he, he's just a very humble man, but very sharp in what he does. He, he's like one of the great callers, and um, I'm sure he's doing a terrific job. Are you still doing it this year? Do it off the telly, do you? Yeah, we are, uh, Gazy, but unfortunately, and the boys are taking the piss as you can get the theme of this show already. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm trying I've to help you. Sort of, I've been promoted down to Geelong, which I actually love, K-Rock in Geelong. It's pretty relaxed, the old Teddy Witten 3GL. But because they're in Stage 3 lockdown, Gazy, and we're in Stage 4, they've yep. got the big cyclone fence up, mate, and I'm, I'm not allowed in. <laughs> oh, dear. Jeez. So, yeah, no, not, that's why the boys are hanging on me. I'm watching the Saints on telly and getting frustrated. And Anyway, we digress. Uh, big fellow, you're going to start the line of questioning, well, or do you want me to Actually, well, Gazy, you, you mightn't realise, but I'm a warnable mm -hmm. boy. Timmy Ludeman's a warnable boy. We have a yes. magnificent basketball uh, tournament down here called the Seaside Tournament. Uh, yes. And all the big names have been here over the years. And I've done a little bit of research. I uh, I texted a few of my basketball mates today um, just mm -hmm. to find out a little bit of, or try and get a little bit of dirt on you. But uh, you've been to Warnable. <laughs> you've been part of the Seaside Carnival over the journey. 
Oh, absolutely loved it. It was um, something we really looked forward to. It was kind of the tournament that marked the start of the basketball year back in the day. And this is, I'm talking from about the time I was probably seven or eight or as early as I can remember, until I was uh, in my early 20s. Every Australia Day weekend, the uh, Seaside Carnival, we would be down there in the caravans or in in the um, the local hotels there, or that, actually that's to the local motels, and it was uh, it was heaps of fun, and it was one that uh, I saw some things that uh, I can't erase from the memory, and I had some experience that, experiences that perhaps uh, made me mature at a very young age, but. Uh, Heaps of fun, loved every minute of it, and uh, I'm not even, I don't know if the tournament still exists, but it, it was for many years. In fact, if you go back to 1985, they had this um, international event called um, the, uh, the, the, the Australia Games, and it was an international tournament that had track and field, basketball, and all those, uh, a variety of different sports. And, um, and we actually, I played with the Australian team, one of my very first games. Uh, or times with the Australian team was playing at the uh, Seaside Carnival tournament down wow. there in, in Warrnambool. So it was um, it, it was great days and heaps of fun. And I haven't been down there for a while, but um, but it, does the tournament still go? Do yeah, they still no, have that tournament? It's it's, it's just uh, junior focused now. Uh, the seniors kind of dropped off. And you're right, we've all played uh, the Seaside tournament and had a heap of fun. And it's it's uh, one of the biggest weekends. You, you hit the nail on the head for the pubs in that. Uh, ever, you know, because there's speedway yeah. people in town, the basketball people yeah. are in town, um, you know, and they tell me that uh, you might have done some of your best work down at the Lady Bay back in the heyday. And, be careful there, and Matty, be careful. Might have, <laughs> no. even, might have even been a bit of a baptism of fire as a young boy at some point in time that while well, the caravans are rocking, don't bother knocking. <laughs> well, um, I saw a lot, and um, I'm a non-drinker. So, and in that time, in that very festive atmosphere, there was um, some of the folk just, um, you know, they, they had a few a, a few shanties along the way. And just uh, for me, look, look, I've got a head like a busted. And when I was trying to hang around <laughs> with all the, uh, the very good-looking roosters and just trying to just see how this life sort of works its way out. So it was... Um, it was yeah, they were interesting times, but um, but no, it was even back then. I I was really focused on the on the basketball, and, and although it was a, that uh, a lot of fun had by all, uh, I thought it was a good opportunity. While some of them might have just been a little bit under the weather, just to try and sharpen my skills up. So I had fun, but um, but yeah, nothing nothing uh, that we really sort of this is perhaps not the environment be sharing all the experiences that go on. What goes on in Warrnambool, the Seaside Carnival stays in Warrnambool for the Seaside Carnival. I love Good it, shout. I love it. Chuck, over to you, big fella. Uh, Gazy, we'll stay on the early days. As I said, this show's a little bit off the track. We're not We're not talking about the magnificent yes. exploits. We know you've been to five Olympic Games. We'll talk a bit later on about flag bearer. And I've got 10 yep. questions a bit later on. But... Just the early days, growing up in Albert Park, uh, was it always going to be basketball? Obviously, a lot of family history and tradition with your, with your famous dad yeah. and other relatives. Uh, kicking the footy around, etc., uh, etc. Yeah. Et was it basketball from a little kid? Well, well it's, that was the main focus, and clearly because of my dad's influence, he, was, he went to three Olympics as a, a player and four Olympics as a coach, so... Uh, and he started in 1960. I was born in 65, and 
And mainly I can remember him with the Australian team more as a coach, uh, 72 Olympics, 76 and, and, and Moscow uh, in particular, and getting up early in the morning and turning on the telly and trying to watch him uh, guide Australia to, to a medal. Those, um, those values and the spirit of the game were, were really instilled in me at an early age. So uh, I did have a focus on basketball, but I lived in this incredibly privileged but unusual uh, environment because uh, most Victorians and, and certainly most basketball people would remember the old Albert Park Basketball Stadium. And what it was, it was this sports precinct. It, it had basketball, badminton, table tennis and squash. And they used to be these old... Commonwealth Army warehouse storage facilities in the late 50s when they were no longer required they were they were given a sport and at the in that same precinct there was the Harry Trot Oval at the back and the Albert Park golf course and when they were going through basketball was going through the conversion of the facility for basketball in their wisdom they um they built this little manager's hut that was wedged in between the the basketball and the badminton and the dad uh, being the general manager of the Victorian Basketball Association, he lived in that mm-hmm. manager's hut, and I lived in there until from the time I was born till I was 13. So I got to experience all those different sports, and um, you know I went through some periods where oh, table tennis is my go, or badminton, and, or the footy at the back, and um, mucking around on the golf course. And it's one of the things that I look back on now, and when I have conversations with. Uh, young kids or in particular young kids and their parents is that I really do encourage them even though you might have a focus but throughout those formative years one of the best advantages I got is I got to experience all those different sports and I might say yeah Chuck grade 6 Eastern Road Primary School captain (laughs) of the cricket team if you don't mind and um, wicket keeper as well thank you very much (laughs) and uh, so I, I I got to experience them all that's where they normally put the people with no ability behind the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and that's, that's why my career never kicked on because I was the wicketkeeper, and um, I don't. I think I was setting uh, primary school records for the amount of buys. They had the the, 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 the guy behind me and just could not catch enemy. So it was um, very short lived, but it was heaps of fun. But it was, um, yeah, it was playing on the old matting and, and that stuff. It was, it was great fun. And I, I still remember it very fondly because I was that shit house. But it, um, it stuck with me. They are fantastic memories. Great start, Gazy. One more for me, and I'll hand it over to the boys. Um, you did, you, I think you started at the Tigers when you were 18, but you went to do a PE degree, I believe, at yes. Victoria <laughs> University, Ruzden, I think it was. And... Uh, <laughs> About 10 years after you, I <laughs> as a mature age student to do my yep. PE3 and I kept deferring because of cricket and then unfortunately I had a family tragedy and I lost my yep. year old mum so I deferred for a year and the lecturers kept saying to me, at this rate, you're on track to beat Andrew Gay's record. <laughs> I'd like you to clarify tonight because... Yes. I am a qualified PE teacher. Some might laugh at yep. that. It took it took me eight and a half years to do my degree, but I yep. think I think I still come second. Yes, you did. It was um, a tough time. I I started um, my degree back in um, 1985, and what happened was is that I finished high school, and even finishing high school was a bit of a challenge because I I, I got um, I picked an Australian team uh, when I was 16. 
and um, and and because of that, there's always a bit of travel, and you're away, and you you're missing a fair bit of school. So I eventually got through high school, but uh, I went to it was called. Footscray Institute of Technology when I started, okay? Yes. And it was that you get uh, you get 10 years to finish a three-year degree, Bachelor of Applied <laughs> Science. And yep. uh, I got through and uh, I hadn't quite finished. There was a couple of uh, subjects that I'd still missed out on, but very determined to get through after the 10 years. And I remember I had to go and uh, appeal to the um, phys ed department <laughs> to try and give them a, and I, you know, so you go in there and the first up, I, I thought, oh, this is going to be a formality. I went in there, I said, listen, boys, I've been to a couple of Olympics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you can, can you please find your way clear to, to give me another year to finish the degree? <laughs> and um, and then, then, then they said no. And I'm like, shit, there's been a bit of problems here. And then, so I, I went on to the, the, the next, it was the, the faculty or something and, and I went to them and I gave the same sob story and they said no. And the, the very last uh, level of appeal you can go to is to the board of the whole university. And by then they changed to Victoria University. It was no longer Footscray Institute of Technology. It was Victoria University. And I wasn't leaving in this to any sort of chance. I brought my dad, I brought a lawyer, I brought my mum, I brought everyone along and pleaded and begged, and they eventually gave me one more year to finish, and I, I knocked it over in 11 years and uh, got there. So hopefully it's not a reflection of my IQ, but just a more a, a victim of circumstance because of the, the amount of school I missed. Do you think you might pull oh, it out, God. mate? You might get there and, and actually God. use that degree somewhere? Well, you're right. I've got it at home, and... Um, it hangs up on the wall, and uh, it was be, it's been great as far as motivating my kids. Uh, all my <laughs> kids have finished high school, but each time, and I just always point up on the uh, to the plaque on the wall. It does take pride of place in my because, like, you know, when it takes you eleven years to get there. But I, the, the yep. good thing about it is, and I'm actually looking at it as we speak, <laughs> and it says Victoria University blazing across the top of the uh, certificate now. I don't know about you, blokes. Victoria University sounds a hell of a lot better than Footscray Institute of Technology. <laughs> so agree. There is a slight advantage for going and taking so long. <laughs> oh, I love dear. it. I absolutely love it. What about you, Ludie? What do you got for us, mate? Gazy, I was doing a bit of research, and I was just um, just believe there might have been an incident when uh, Brad Robbins was guarding yourself with a little mid-game handshake, and the old oh, pro yeah. might have stitched him up at one time. <laughs> no, no, well, it's, it's, it's interesting because you you watch games today, and there's a lot of bravado and there's a lot of trash talking. And early on in my career, um, I uh, I never got involved in that. I I, I found that it's. Uh, that really hurt me a, a bit. So uh, with the young fellas in there, I took the approach of you, you, you treat them with kindness, you treat them with respect, and then you try and quietly destroy them. And uh, <laughs> when, you, when I think Robbins was coming on, and it wasn't exclusive to him, but I think he was back yet. Yeah, it, it might have been with the, the um, Victoria Giants, I think he was, when he first started. And um, just come on, I just give him a very... Friendly welcome, a little shake in the hand, a little tuck on the tush, and wish him all the best. And then I, I think I, I lit him up on a couple of back doors, and um, and just all did it with a smile. So um, yeah, he probably remembers the uh, the story a bit differently, but uh, but that's uh, that's what I remember of him. But the like I said, I, I was no good 
at trash talking, and whenever <laughs> I tried, whether it was karma or whatever, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> love it, mate. I love it. There'd be no last dance with you, mate. Uh, MJ used to just uh, he used to make stuff up just to fire himself up, but not you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that a great series. It was um, to see Michael Jordan and, and everything he went through. But uh, yeah. but I, I played with some of the all-time greats. Leonard Copeland, who was one of my closest friends, mate, he just did not shut up just the whole game. And uh, it, But the thing is, he was like that. Some players, they're like, um, you just got to let sleeping dogs lie. But and, and he was one of them. Shane Hill was another one. There's been quite a few. Yeah. That, that if, you, if you rattle their cage... It actually it, it turns them into beasts, and they're a lot harder to guard. So, and Copes was one of those, and he just was the, the almost the entire time. If, if he wasn't, he'd need someone to get him going and get that jaw jacking going in order to uh, get the best out of himself. You just mentioned Leonard Copeland. You two are great mates, still are today, I believe. Uh, and and a little bit like chalk and cheese. They tell me that uh, oh, Leonard yeah. was a bit of a party animal. Oh, um, enjoyed absolutely. enjoyed a real good time. Whereas uh, you, you know yeah. you, you're a non-drinker and all that kind of stuff. But they tell me that the uh, the whole Melbourne Tigers team partied pretty hard back in the day. What was it like for someone like yourself that didn't uh, you know get amongst the uh, the drinking as yeah. much as the other boys? Well, I think a lot of it was, there was a bit of myth involved in it as well. I think that they, you know, the guys who were there and um, they would make sure they enjoyed themselves. And, and believe it or not, it's not like it was, uh, it was a cultural thing like, like you're saying, well, we'll go out there and, and get hammered. But it was very much the, um, the approach of uh, primarily by, by my dad, who's also, you know, as straight as they come. I mean, look up <laughs> drop dead boring in the dictionary and there's his dad photo there smiling and happy. Oh, but, but what he did try to do is make sure that you, and, and the, the message that he always uh, tried to share with me is you've got to keep the game in perspective and, and you've got to have fun. And, and, uh, knowing those boundaries, and for some, you're right, there were times when maybe they, they they edged along those boundaries, but you don't have the success that we had as a group when we had that group together without having those boundaries. But but, but certainly, there was um, uh, it was a little bit different than what you'd see these days in the way in which the, uh, the guys would go about it and prepare for games. But I think you'd say that about most sports, and it's just the, the natural evolution in sport and the science science gets involved, it can um, it can change things a fair bit. Ludi, okay, just a, oh, sorry, with, with a degree of trepidation, uh, just on yep. the drink thing, uh, because I, I'm sadly in the back of my head, I've got a memory that you might tell me to pipe down on this one. Was was the drinking nah. due to something that happened in your family, or was it just instilled in you? You didn't like the taste. You were you were committed to your sport. Yeah. You know, what, what was it? Yeah, no, nothing untoward. It was more the oh, fact okay. that uh, my dad was a, a non-drinker. Um, you know, there, there was some problems in my dad's family, absolutely. And I think that's why my dad, uh, he, he, he stayed right away from it. And for me, uh, whether, whether he educated me or instilled me, I can't remember him ever ha- having a, a direct conversation about that, but it's just more you see his behaviour and I guess that that... Um, that that helped me uh, make my decisions. But I'm not anti-drinking by any stretch of the imagination. But I do remember at a young age thinking, mate, if I even have a sip, then I'm, you know, it's gonna, I'm not going to be able to play. I mean, in my own head, somehow or other, I just convinced myself that 
if I did anything like that and and straight away from this goal that I had that the karma bus was going to come and hit me. And uh, it was probably a little extreme, but in the end, I think it, it helped me and, and, and it, uh, it kept me focused and, and really making sure that you knew what your goals were and the direction you wanted to go. Ludi. Ludi. Gazy, I want to probably touch on another highlight of your career. Um, your recent TikTok went viral, which brought back some pretty, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good <laughs> memories to me of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, I yes. Forgot, I, had to go, I had to go back and do some YouTube footage, and a 201-centimetre man dancing with the Stars, yep. you'd think you'd be hopeless, but you're actually pretty good. You come forth to the Greek goddess. <laughs> Anthony Come on, talk, <laughs> talk, talk us through that series. One of the uh, career highlights, and I and I really don't get to talk about it enough because I um, fourth placing <laughs> in Australia's number one dance competition uh, should not be snoozed at. And I might add, and this is a, a little known fact: Anthony Kudafidis won it. I think Tams and Lewis came second. There was a yep. chess player. Actually, there was a chess player. I can't remember her name. A chess player. She was very good, and I came fourth. But, boys, the most critical part of the entire Dancing with the Stars experience is the fact that I beat Thor. Well, you know, yes. Chris Hemsworth yes. was in the hour Dancing with the Stars. And, uh, excuse me, Thor... Multi, mega, trillionaire, superstar, superhero, big muscles. Well, hey, hey, cop that, big man. Oh, he finished fifth and I finished fourth. Extraordinary stuff. But it was, uh, it was heaps of fun. Well, I think, well, I think I ended up doing, uh, I think I ended up doing in total 11 dances. I might have been 12. 11 or 12 dances. And I swear, not one of them. And I repeat, and you might find this hard to not one of them. When I did it, did I actually get it right? It's, just, it's, it's a lot harder than you think. And um, I remember when they recruited me to go on it, they said, oh, listen, you know, dancing with the stars, you, you know, if you do, I reckon it'll probably take you 10 hours a week. There's always got to get to dedicate to it. Honestly, I was doing 40 or 50 hours. Bruce <laughs> the cop himself couldn't get away with five to 10 hours a week. And, um, and, but it was, a, it was a, a really fun experience. Oh, I loved it. Oh, uh, Ludi, I tell you what, that was some of the... Most, working with Gazy on the radio briefly, and we've always sort of had a good relationship... I would sit down to watch Dancing with the Stars, mate. It, it, it was like watching a giraffe on ice. It was, it was outstanding material. I admired him enormously, and that's what I've always admired about him, that he puts himself out there and he has a crack. Oh, mate. He's always done, but Dancing with yep. the Stars and Bambi came forth was magnificent stuff. Uh, apart from that, Daisy, apart from that, because, I mean, that's a very funny moment. And, you know, over a long, long career. Is there, yes. what about on the court? On the court, was there one or two, I'm not talking about your commentary stuff when the Brazilian supporters were watching and all that <laughs> stuff, but as, as a player Mate. on the court, tell me, you must have one or two that just stand out in your mind. That, how did that really happen? Oh, oh, there was plenty of moments on the court that uh, you reflect back on and just, you, 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 um, you, you kind of think, well, did that really happen or was that some sort of fanciful dream? And uh, <laughs> fortunately, that you get some uh, amazing moments. And it's not always the ones where you 
you would won a title or you're sharing those moments of, of success when you achieve a goal, uh, it, it's, as they say, it's the process that you go through and the time you're sharing with your mates and the laughs you have along the way and the embarrassing moments that you, you've got to live through that, um, that, that make the journey so special. Sure, it's great when you, you win those games, when you, you know, when you win a title or you, you get to go and compete for Australia. They are in, incredible experiences, but it's the, really it's the friendships that you make, the laughs you have along, along the way, some of the stupid stuff that you've got to go through that, that make it um, uh, such a joy. And uh, it takes a lot of dedication, as you blokes would know, and in particular, Chuck, the, the, the hours <laughs> you've got to put in, that uh, it, 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 it really is, um, you've, you've got to have a, a special mindset. And without those experiences, it's, it's really difficult. And that's why I kind of, I look at some of those people that are involved in those individual sports, and I honestly don't know how they do it, because you, you, mm. you kind of need that support team around you well i certainly felt that way and without that it it, it it sort of diminished from the joy that you get from from having that success just talking about that uh my little uh my little man today he's just sent me a, a message there before he just said uh you're talking about a team sport and all that he said uh they used to joke in the tigers uh the dressing room and that the drew was the last person back in d but he would shut and he would shake his head side to side as he ran like it was about to fall off but he was Usain Bolt in the open court in offence they reckon that that the old defensive end gaze here was just like yeah what am I doing trudging down the court as soon as you got the ball in the hand mate it was just you were off oh wait (laughs) yes well well, that is that is um, uh, certainly when you look at the the, the games and you you say well where your strengths and weaknesses are I like to say that I applied my strengths and did my absolute very best to camouflage my weaknesses. And some people perhaps didn't believe uh, I did a real good job of camouflaging it. But, but uh, it, it, it's different. It, back then, we were playing 48-minute games, and um, it, was, it was a different test to what it is today. The athleticism and the depth of talent this, these days is far, far better than what it was back in our day. But it was there were much more significant challenges that you had to face. So, oh, I uh, there were times that, uh, and particularly uh, when I was playing internationally, when I was at college, and uh, and even the other day, I was because we're in COVID. I was going through some of the old stuff, and I remember pulling out this um, these old articles that I saw when I went over and played with the Washington Bullets. They're now called the Wizards, but back when I was playing with them, they were called the Bullets. And uh, I was reading this old article and uh, showed my son because it was highlighting uh, that I was a far better defensive player than the, the coach. This is where Sunsol was the coach, and in one of his co- uh, maybe he was just trying to be kind to me, but he said, uh, we're very surprised because we, we used a far better defensive player than we thought we were getting. So... Uh, Sometimes the camouflage worked and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> Can I just, you just touched on going over to the NBA. Uh, this is probably a part of the gay story that people don't uh, realise. But uh, a little birdie also told me uh, you went to Seattle, the Supersonics, is that right? Yeah, I did. Now, yeah, can I, you did. T- I tried can... out. That was back in 1989. Straight after I finished college, uh, I was planning to go back to Seton Hall for another year. And I was only listed as a junior. But uh, unfortunately, 
Well, fortunately, we did really well. We got through to the championship game and lost in a heartbreaking game in the national championship game against Michigan by a point in overtime. And because of that, and there weren't a lot of foreign players playing college basketball back then, there was a big investigation at the end of the season. Was he eligible, an older guy coming in? And there was this big brouhaha going on. So I couldn't, I unfortunately couldn't get back to Seton Hall. They felt it was best that, uh, that, we, that I moved on. And as such, I, I, was, uh, I, I went and eventually didn't get drafted because it was very, very late. And I eventually tried out with Seattle. So I, um, I went to Seattle, and it was a fantastic experience. And like the old, all the old uh, hard luck stories, it was one of those last cut scenarios. And and it was, but it was great. Played with guys. Sean Kemp was a rookie back then. You blokes might remember yeah, Sean Kemp. Yep. And um, Dale Ellis was on that team. Nate McMillan, who's just been fired as the head coach of of um, uh, Indiana, he was he was one of the players back then. So it was a great group, but. Yeah, I was there for a short period of time, but never made the team. And was there some kind of rookie initiation to there, Gazy? Oh, absolutely, there was. It's, it's everyone had to do it. I had to do it. It's, it's just the. I don't think they can do it too much anymore because of um, workplace bullying and all the different things. It's probably a good thing because it, it was a, a tough time. Back then, some of the stuff that you uh, had to deal with as a rookie were, uh, you know, you'd never get away with it these days. But it was, um, yeah, I had to get up, I had to sing a song, I had to tell some jokes in front of the whole team, the whole the management and stuff. But it's, it's relatively harmless stuff, but I can understand why some people, if they're not all that comfortable, may be a little bit intimidated by it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Unreal, isn't it? It's, it's political correctness now. The world—that's the way the world's gone, isn't it? In a sense, yeah, it's not a bad it thing either. You know, it's a good thing, but yeah, yeah there, there's a balance somewhere in there. There, there is a balance, and like I said, there, there are certain things that you, you hear about some of the stories the boys had to do, do the hazing that went on. You go, geez, hang on, that might be stretching it a little bit far. But um, uh, these days, you know, I think that with the boomers, the Australian team, we had to carry the bags or you had to do little chores or carry a stupid bag around you know stuff like that which personally i think is is, is pretty harmless it's just a bit of fun but yeah you got to be careful personal one gazy and uh i know you'll be uh you'll animate this story beautifully i have got a pretty <laughs> good pretty good memory and uh, uh for those that don't know the andrew gaze family uh gazy has three daughters and i don't know what yep. order but phoebe annie and courtney yeah uh, and i remember at the time when you and i were working together Gazy, yes, because yes. I, sta- I started off with girl girl yeah uh, and we were both pretty keen sort of maybe to get one with a spout on it <laughs> uh, i remember if you don't mind sharing with the boys yep. that you shared with me that you went to some great lengths to actually <laughs> yes. ensure with a with a preparation phase <laughs> yes. to maybe maybe get come through with a boy. Can you just no, it's a true story. It? Absolute dead <laughs> set true story. Where it sort of changed over the years was that everyone thought that it was it was me. It was a driving force, and I was desperate to have this uh, this boy. The, the reality of it is, is I come, there was, in my family, there's me and my sister and that's it. And, and after we'd had two kids, our first two daughters, I was ready to put the cue in the rag. I said, I'm, I'm good here. This is great. I'm just grateful and happy to have two. 
But it was actually my wife that was really keen to have a bigger family. She was one of four, and she wanted more kids. And after we'd had a couple, and the joy that they'd bring, I said, yeah, let's keep going. And we had another one, and baby Annie came along, another girl. And it was actually my wife that we said, well, we're going to have four. We're going to have four. And I said, sweet, you're doing the heavy lifting in this uh, part of the arrangement. So I'm, I'm happy to continue to strive away and, and do what I'm doing. But um, uh, but she was super keen on the fourth go at it to, to try and have a boy. So she went and uh, consulted with this holistic uh, practitioner now, yes. uh, who yes. apparently has was had a reasonably high success rate of of um, uh, providing a formula that would give you a better chance for either sex. So she went along and. Um, uh, Melinda did it all, that's my wife, and she. there was this whole, it was diet, there was a whole bunch of things that we had to do. And and one of the things, the two things that I can remember most about it was that Melinda's part in the, in the role, of which there was plenty, but one of them was she had to be on this high potassium diet. So she was eating bananas, bananas. like an orangutan. I mean, she was just pounding <laughs> these like bananas like anything and my part of my responsibilities was that was had to be on this high caffeine diet okay for whatever reason i don't know and um the other thing was because we were athletes and i was training a lot they said you've cool got to down. um cool after down, every practice session ice the agates so you had to go in there so so after every practice session the boys, the boys are getting going the physio saying, yep, wrap the leg up, ankles, knees, yep. I'm like, yeah, whack on the ankle and just a little something for the agates as well. So <laughs> icing down the agates. Now, I, I thought this whole thing was witch doctory. I didn't – and to this day, I'm not – I would never – it's hard because it did work. We got what we wanted, but um, so yeah. After about and, and it was only after we got the boy. After about the first oh, five weeks, six weeks, I did, and I never told my wife this, but after every practice session, I mean, ice on the agates. It, it's 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 not comfortable, as you can well appreciate. So so after that, I was like, oh, geez, I just whack some cold. In the, at the end of the shower, I just whack a bit of cold water on and try and. Do that, but um, like I said, I can't, I can't speak too highly against it because we it got worked. the result. But yeah, it was, um, <laughs> it was an interesting That's time. That's unbelievable, hey, Ludy. There's a little tip for you, mate, because uh, I went girl, girl, and then I yep. followed Daisy's recipe, and I got my little bloke Max. Well, you were awesome awesome as well, Chuck. Daisy's gone three girls, and then out come Mason. You've started yep. off with a beautiful little girl. If you yep. want to get a boy, Ludie, the formula down there in Geelong is to get the ice pack out. Ice That's it. <laughs> so That's ch- it. Chuck, you're coming out. You're saying that you've done exactly the same as Gazy. I didn't go to Gazy's link, but I admired Gaze. You know, a boy, a <laughs> yep. kid, a ball on a dream. Uh, I didn't it. actually ice the agates, but what I did do is I took a bit more of an interest in the ice baths at the end of my career, which I yep. thought was a whole lot of crap, but... At the yeah, end of my yeah. career, I thought, I might get in the ice bath because I was following the gaze method. That is well, the, funny, the, the funny thing is, because it, I, I, don't, I don't know, because we, you know, our friends are that new, somehow or other, I remember uh, after we'd had it, I it was either Women's Day or New Idea or something, come knocking at the door. 
and she said, listen, we've heard about this. Can we do a, um, a, a story <laughs> no. on it? So I, I've gone, oh, yeah, sure, I don't care. So I went ahead and did it, and I swear for the next – I reckon I would have got over a 1,000 people reaching out to me saying, who would you do it to? I, I want to do the same. I want to get a girl. I want to do a boy. <laughs> I had all people from all over the world writing letters, emailing, faxing. <laughs> Can you please tell me the formula to get this right? So it was. Uh, well, but can, hey, like I said, I... I'm not. A, I don't subscribe to it. But it, hey, it, it, we, it got the well, outcome that we were looking for. If your theory works then, uh, you know, countries like Iceland and Greenland, look, are they just full of more blokes or what? No. Well, well, the thing is, if you look at apparently, and uh, Chuck, you might know more about it, but apparently there, there are some statistics that say that uh, athletes are heavily skewed towards having girls. Girls. Because yeah. of the training and something got to do with something with body temperature. Or, I can't exactly remember. Well, but I had two boys and a, two boys and a girl, so I'm definitely not an athlete. No, you that sums it up because they say that fit athletes, fit athletes have girls. Now look, gays, very yep. ludicrous, and then the, the big, the big fat, the big fat full Ford from Warnable's got two boys. <laughs> And, and, and listen, here's a story for you. Uh, Leonard Toklin, bang, four girls. Luke Longley, two girls. Uh, wow. James Crawford, here's, here's one for you. James Crawford had um, three girls, and then he went to, he did the same sort of, it wasn't with the same person I had, went to the, apparently went to these extraordinary lengths, and, and I don't know what formula he's on. He got, he, uh, got pregnant again, bang, twin girls. So twin girls, twin girls. <laughs> so that was one of the failures of the formula. That's but, um, unbelievable. But yeah, it, it, all most of my, um, with the exception of Mark Brecky, he's got two boys. Uh, most yeah. of my teammates are heavily skewed towards girls. Well, and Bradkey probably wasn't the fittest, you know, like specimen. No, was no, he? Like, he, was. he was a he was a big man. But well, there you go. Hey, I want to talk about uh, your competitiveness, uh, Gazy. They tell me that you're filthy with your good mate Leonard Copeland, who got a hole in one. And uh, oh yes, you haven't got yes. one. You haven't got one yet. <laughs> no, it's a, it's it's um it's gut wrenching because I've I played a little bit of golf. Like I said, I grew up with a when well until I was about thirteen or fourteen with the old Albert Park golf courses in my backyard. So you you whack it around. Never been any good. And Bernard Copeland came to Australia and a while ago, I think '92 he came. But probably about four years ago, five years ago, he started playing golf. So we started together, and he was terrible. And I've sort of always hovered around that sort of 18 to 22. And in the last six or seven months, he's all the way down. I think he's off 15 now. And the other day, we were at uh, the beautiful Mount Derriman, uh the ninth hole, and he's logged one in. Oh, it was only me and him playing uh, together <laughs> uh, because we were in that COVID situation. You can only play in pairs. And he's knocked a hole in one in. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it's just gut-wrenching stuff. And, um, and he's taken the chocolates and he talks about it it's all on social media. He's a hero. And, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and, and uh, I love it. I've really got the golfing bug, but uh, not making too much progress. Ludie, you got anything else to uh, before we get to the 10 with Chuck, big fella? You got any more, Ludie? Yeah, I reckon get to... Get into the ten with Chuck. Right, this is ten this, with Chuck. This sounds interesting. Now, this is a really good segment, okay, uh, guys? Well, we hope so. And it's all thanks right. to. 
Oh, yeah, the Nissan Warrior. Clinton Bolsh in Warnable, of course. Look them up on Facebook. They will do deals like you've never seen before, and they are a magnificent motor vehicle. What are you driving, Gazy? I drive the Hyundai. It's a Hyundai Santa Fe, and it's a few years old, but it's, she's a she's a beauty. I've only... I, Perfect size. No, no sponsorship. No strings attached here. Nothing. I, I, I actually bought it from. I think I bought it from Pickles Auctions. Oh, <laughs> so beautiful. It's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of machinery. I like it. I like it, Gazy. Well, listen. This is uh, this is a ten with Chuck. Uh, if you go really good, mate, we might be able to send a warrior your way or something, big fella. If you're really lucky, Chuck's been trying to get a Nissan Warrior for oh. eighteen. Hey, you know what? My wife drives the uh, the Nissan, the the latest what Cascai. She bought yeah, it brand new nice about cars. a year ago. Lovely piece of driving equipment. Beautiful stuff. No, they are working beautifully, Gazy. The sponsors <laughs> listening, so you've just worked it in beautifully. Come on, no, Saka. That's true. It's true. You, know, yep. you know the drill, yep. You know the drill. I'll just ask you a question. I've tried to put some tricky ones in there that, that might oh. trip you up. You just yep. give me the answer quickly. If you need to sort of explain, I'll give you thirty seconds on each one. But some oh, of them are real yeah. easy. I don't like this. Real easy. Yeah. I know yeah. you don't. That's why I put it together. Uh, yeah. So I'll ease you. I'll ease you into it with a real yep. easy one. Just a bash straight back straight away uh, because I know this was a sore point with many legendary Melbourne Tigers. So the first question: Melbourne Tigers or Melbourne United? Oh please, please! Oh, Thank I, you very yeah, much. I could hang up. I could hang up. No, that's well. I told you I'd give you an easy one. Just <laughs> no, I run away. Melbourne Tigers, of course. But no, I, I fully. I I want nothing but the best of Melbourne United as well, of course. Yes, no, I, I've done. I, I'm hearing you loud and clear, and we'll, we could do a whole segment on that, but we won't. Now, yep. as a Hawthorne, Hawthorne football supporter, am I correct? Yes. I didn't yes. know here's that, Casey. Here's one but, that I think you're going to find difficult, and yep. given your current work environment uh, Sunday night on Fox Footy, <laughs> yes. as a Hawthorne supporter, you, you're yep. only allowed to pick one. As the full forward in your greatest Hawthorne team, have oh. you got. The Chief, or have you got Peter Hudson? <laughs> that is a tough one. You're killing me here because I wore number 20. My very first footy jumper was number 26, 26. Peter Hudson. But I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Chief. Oh, no. Because uh, the, the stats tell the story. and uh, He was a he, gun. He's all, all one of the all-time greats. He was a gun. Right? He got the best out of himself, I reckon, the Chief. Just like, not, don't Let look me tell like you, an athlete. Chief, he, he's a freak. Mate, he was very quick, um, and I think he's one of those ones. You look at some of the, the legends back then, and you say, "Well, would they translate to nowadays?" I know Chief was a heavy set guy, but he's quick. I think that his, the Chief's skill sets transfer way better yeah. in the modern yeah. game than some of the others. I agree, agree, and a beautiful kick for goal. Uh, doesn't like people much, the Chief. He's not a people <laughs> person. No. Uh, I'm going to try and get him on this show, guys. If you know, it wouldn't be much fun with the Chief. Uh, no, he'd be, he'd be fun. I'll, I'll, I'll drop a good. I'll put in a good word for you. <laughs> All right, well, that'll be good. In the, in the Hawthorns team of the century, it actually surprised me because I, I thought you'd say the Chief, but Hudson is actually named at full forward, and Chief mm. is in the forward pocket, and it's a sore point. Yeah, right. Is that right? I wasn't aware That's of that. That's a fact. Sunday That's night show, Gazy, I want you yep. to bring it up. Somewhere yeah, can forward. you get it into the show for us? Because No, a- Chief, Chief, though, 
Chicks don't like to pad those away, and he'd just be he'd go with a line and link stuff. Oh, no, happy to be there. As long as I'm in there, Hado's a legend, all that type of stuff. <laughs> right, eh? Still <laughs> uh, see if he can get in question, for us. Question, question three. We probably covered this one before. Uh, Ludie did this one, but I still like to hear your answer. What What do you think caused you more embarrassment? Dancing with the stars <laughs> or dancing with, dancing with the family on TikTok? <laughs> dancing with the family on TikTok by the length of the straight because <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I never heard of TikTok. TikTok, I don't even. I'm not on TikTok. I know that, yeah, that oh um, the Americans are upset because it's apparently a Chinese-based company, but I had no idea. And then uh, when I sort of saw they put it on Twitter as well, and I saw a few things popping up, I thought, oh crikey, maybe a few more people saw this than I thought were actually going to see it. But it was, hey, it was good. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy, like you say, I'm happy to have a bit of a laugh. Everything gets a bit too serious from time to time. So I'm happy to throw myself uh, under the bus. Good on you. Uh, it was absolutely gold. I loved it. Uh, who's a bigger legend, uh, Lindsay Gaze or Andrew Gaze? Lindsay Gaze with Daylight. Daylight. Oh, I'll pick <laughs> that one. I'll pick that one, and he's a great man. Uh, now, this one... Uh, I think I know your answer, but uh, I'm going to go with the past and the present. The first one is, as a kid growing up, I used to watch the American basketball and loved it. Yep. You tell me, Magic Johnson or Dr. J. Julius? Jeez, mm. another tough one. Uh, and their careers overlapped a little bit. But I'd say, jeez, um, I'm going to have to go with Magic Magic Johnson, a bit more versatile, won more titles. So, But the Doc, he came through in a, a very tough period because he played in the ABA. Back then there was the ABA and the NBA and the, until they merged. So he's just a victim of circumstance. But, uh, yeah, Magic for sure for me. Better ranking on the PS4 games as well for Magic too, Justin. Is that right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you get a bit more out of Magic than you do, Dr. Right, J. Okay. What about the present day, Gazy? Uh, well, I, I reckon I ask this to every guest, so I, I probably yep. should ask you, given the status you have in the game. LeBron or Michael Jordan? It, Michael Jordan? But if okay. you had asked me this question three years ago, I would have said, like it is with my dad, there's a fair gap. With what LeBron has been able to do over the last three or four years, mm. there, there, yep. that gap has... has is a lot closer than it once was. So, but but Michael for sure. Michael transformed Michael. the game. Can, can I can, and I, he's a star. can I just ask where does Kobe sit in regards to them two? Because he was a freak. Close. Yeah, he'd have he's to. at the dinner table. He's certainly at the dinner okay. table. Um, but I, I'm not. I, I I don't quite put him in that same same category. But um, yeah. but there's a lot of good arguments of why you should. Mm. But, well, this is not a question. We're just off target, but I'm loving it. Will the Lakers win it again, you think, Gazy? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not, just not sure about Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I think, will get there from the east, and they play a style of game, and, and with the Greek freak in there, that could cause them problems. But the, yep. the LeBron James-Anthony Davis combination is something very special. And we saw okay. in, when they were in the bubble... The thing, the only sort of glimmer of hope, I think, for the other teams is when Anthony Davis wasn't going as well as what he needs to, wasn't playing near his best, they looked a little vulnerable. But in the last couple of games when Anthony Davis has just been Anthony Davis, it's, I can't yep. see anyone beating them.
Mm, I yeah. think he put on the half century the other night, pretty special. And my young blokes are Lakers fans, so I'm with them at the moment. Uh, you, you've, you've had plenty of proud moments, Gazy. I tried to get two that would be a tough decision for you, but yep. the list is massive, mate. But honestly, I don't think there was any greater honour, in my opinion, to be made the Australian Olympic captain and the Australian flag bearer at the Sydney Olympics. Yeah. Uh, or, or winning the 93 title over in Perth. Yeah, they are different. And you're you're actually, this is a question that would be akin to saying, which one of your four kids do you love the most? Do you love (laughs) them all? I haven't gone there. I haven't gone there. But but having said that, uh, when when you pull on the green and gold jersey, you're at the Olympics and further enhanced by the fact you're doing it on your home soil mm. and then being given the incredible honour to be the captain of the not just the basketball team but the entire the Olympic team. team. Yeah, it's unreal. That is, um, that's something special and very hard to replace. No, good, good answer. I'll tick that. But I, I just know the emotion. I remember watching the 93 Tigers yeah. in Perth. It was just amazing. I, st- I still remember it. Here we are, bloody, what, 27 yeah. years on, Gazy, or something like that. But... Anyway, well, I'll tick them both, but I'll say Australian flag bearer. Now, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Gaze, back at Albert Park Primary School or wherever it was, you're, <laughs> yes. you're, lining, you're lining up and you've been made captain. And uh, you've got to pick the team like we used to at school. I'll pick him, you pick him. Yep. I've got, this is part A and part B. <laughs> part A. Part A. Yep. So this is question 8A. You can only pick one at the point yep. where guard position. Gee, where's this getting technical, yep. Looney? No, I like Shane, it. Unbelievable. Shane Hill or yep. one of my favourites, Phil the General Smythe. Oh, Philly oh, Smythe. Come on. The Bald Eagle. Jeez. You're going We're really good hard for here. Shane Hill. Good mates with Shane Hill or the, or the General. <laughs> well, <laughs> the hammer. I went, oh, gee whiz. <laughs> um. See, this is this is the toughest one you've presented me so far. Come on, Gazy. Big fella, big fella. Have we got uh, Phil Smythe coming on the show next week? Or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I that they, they, They're so different, but they've been both so influential. And come I on, guess, pull the ice bag I, off I the balls, Gazy. <laughs> come well, on. I, I'm going to clarify by this. I'm going to say Phil Smythe <laughs> on the basis that. He really took me under his wing when I was a youngster. Yeah. And yep. he even even before I was with the Australian team and my dad was the coach and he was around, he was extraordinarily helpful for, to me personally, uh, as was Hammer in different ways, but only because of those formative years. I, I don't even like saying this, but I, 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 if I had to, I'd probably lean more towards... Just to give you an answer, I'll say Phil, but in my heart and in my head and everywhere else... <laughs> I'm glad I tripped you up. And I think, given your friendship with this bloke, it might be an easy question, but I'm going to ask you to pick again in the schoolyard because I've got two other names for you. And yep. you know, this second bloke, I used to love you at the Tigers games. You know that. I'd come and watch. But this yes. man was later on. You, you got, they can only pick one. You're good, mate, yep. Copeland. But yes. standing just to his right is the DMAC. Mm. Well, again, it's, it's, this one's not that hard for me because I, uh, Leonard Copeland, I was, he was my teammate throughout my, when we were together, my entire career. So played way more games with Leonard. 
So it won, won championships with Lennard, and I only got to play with D-Mac for a few years. Now, yep. D-Mac is a legend. Love him to death. One of the all-time greats. Uh, but but for me, of course, coach, because of the, just the volume of games that we played together and a couple of titles. Now, yep, you, you, no, and, you and Lennard were like Pippen and Jordan, right, in, in Australian basketball. That's not pumping hey, the Hey, 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 here we go. Here's another chance before I hang up. This, <laughs> who was <who is> Pippen <laughs> and who was Jordan? Well, that's yeah. well. I, I would say you're Jordan, and I would say Lennard okay. is Pippen, right? But I'm going to ask <laughs> well, I don't you. Hang up then. No, well, I don't hang up then. I'm going to ask you, Gazy, who yep. was your Dennis Rodman? Ooh. Ah, jeez. Well, I guess in that role it would be uh, Warwick Giddy. Warwick <laughs> Giddy was a blast that, from the past. Yeah, was was good. If you're talking about status and and equal status to myself and Lennard, and some would argue. Uh, maybe even higher status is Mark Bradkey. But when you just think of that role, a guy that wasn't a scorer, um, you know, just do all the dirty work, didn't rebound as much as, as um, Dennis, relatively speaking, as Dennis Rodman, but was elite defender, did all that grunt work, Warwick Giddy was, was that man. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a fantastic insight. My last question, Gazy, it's not, a, it's not an option, it's just your answer, and I don't yep. know the answer to this. You probably I probably read it in your book 15 years ago. Now that I'm going to have to read your yeah. book again, I reckon. Who, when you were growing up, apart from your dad, I think we know the love of your dad and the admiration. Who was your childhood hero, sporting hero, and why? Well, I I had a bunch of them, and I, okay. I guess I could summarise it best is that I had it in a variety of different sports. So on my wall when I was at home. I yep. had a life-size cutout of Pete Maravich and, and, and then right next to Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete Maravich, and then right next to them, I had uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Dr. J. And then subsequently, yep. when I got a little bit older, then Michael Jordan kicked in. So between those, they were the ones that, that had probably the most um, where I was idolizing someone. When you talk about influence, it gets back to uh, guys like uh, Phil Smythe, Larry Senstock, yep. uh, Wayne Carroll. I came, when I was 15 or 16 and I first came into the Australian team, they were the guys that were there um, to guide me. But if you go back just a little step back before that, when I first started senior basketball, and I look back on my career and say, well, what were those pivotal moments? My very first introduction to senior basketball, I played alongside Brian Gorgian, Bruce Palmer, and Alan Westover. Wow. All of them yeah. went on to be three of the all-time great coaches in the NBL and had a profound impact on the game. And not only was I able to learn the skills of the game from those three guys, but they also um, helped put the game in perspective how they, their love for the game, their passion to, for competing, uh, enjoying the social elements, all those things, I learn a lot from those three guys in particular. Well Magnificent, Daisy. Absolutely magnificent. We didn't even get to coaching. Maybe just finish it off. And yep, it was yep. an emotional roller coaster, the Sydney Kings. There was ups, there was downs. Yep, I remember yep. interviewing you one day when I was working on SEN and we had a good yep. laugh about it, but I could tell the emotional toll that it took on you uh, going to take on this job. We could, that's a whole other show. 
But let me yep. just ask you this question. From what you learnt out of doing it, would you do it again if the time and the team was right, or are you done with coaching? No, every day of the week. I, I, you're right. You go when you're coaching, you go to some very, very dark places. And yep. for me, it was it was tough because my family didn't come with me to Sydney, so I basically lived in Sydney for three years. Um, and and they'd come and visit, and in the off season I'd come back for a, you know a couple of months, get probably six to eight weeks at home. But the rest of the time I'm there. And for me, and and with my history, the obligation that I felt to the other players was something that was was a, a, the biggest burden that I carried was to making mm. sure that I provided them with the opportunity to have fun, love the game, and achieve outcomes that they were looking to achieve. And, and, and that was a heavy, heavy burden. But uh, there are a lot of very, very tough times, but being competitive and having the opportunity to, to, to be involved in a group of guys that are highly committed to their task, uh, yep, there's challenges along the way, but loved it and learned a lot from it. And if I never get to coach again at the elite level, hey, I'm content. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I still feel very much fulfilled. But, um, but I learned so much from it. And now, even now, when I'm coaching the juniors or, or doing other things where you're yep. in charge or involved with groups, it, it is a tremendous learning experience. Yeah. No. Mate, it's been, Matty, I'll let yeah. you sign off, but no, I, I just want to say again, I mean, I haven't seen Gazy for a fair while. Uh, we've just, we said we'd have him for 35, 40 minutes. We've almost <laughs> gone an hour without catching a breath. I think anyone <laughs> listening, anyone listening would know uh, what a legend, I mean a yeah, legend of Australian on. sport, Andrew Gazy. Oh, I appreciate it. A, no. An hour of his yep. time, and, and I've said it before publicly, you're the most humble champion no, well, of the sport. Yep. That I that I've ever met most of the time. I, I, I sincerely appreciate that. But uh, but no, it's it's good. You're a good man, Chuck. We had some great times together, and uh, we we our paths cross every now and again. But mate, I I, I um, enjoy the opportunity to talk to you blokes and share some time. It's good fun, mate. I I, I really do enjoy it, and good luck. It sounds like you you guys have a, a ripping time in there, and uh, I've enjoyed this uh, last hour or so having a chat. Hey, Gazy, thank you very much, mate. We do. We really appreciate it. And uh, I reckon Chuck's hit the nail on the head, mate. You're a champion on and off the court, that is for sure. And, uh, yeah, we've really enjoyed it tonight, mate. Good on you, boys. Yeah, good good luck with the program. And uh, well done to Nissan for kicking in and helping you blokes out. Gee whiz, well done. (laughs) I love it, big fella. Thank you, guys. Gaze, what an absolute outstanding champion. He is, uh, yeah, he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You could listen to him all day, boys, couldn't you? Uh, Ludes, what did you think, mate? He's a, a, I told you he was a, an absolute beauty. I mean, you know, legend, but just a great bloke. No, uh, he's a bloody legend. I just, I've, I've sort of lost train of thought ever since we talked about the boy girl theory, and I'm just trying to work out how <laughs> I can. Have you, what about, have you, you gone, gone to the, the fridge? Frozen have peas. You gone to the fridge, Ludes, out to the freezer. <laughs> Do you, reckon if I could, do you reckon if I just eat KFC for the next till it happens and not ice me balls because I'm no longer an athlete, I'll turn into the big tail and have a boy, do you reckon? Could be you. Boys all day. Hey, before we go, just a couple of things. I just want to talk about the Jeff Horn-Tim um, Zoo fight. Did you get to watch that last week, boys? 
lose? No, I did not. Sorry, I did not. You would have been all over I, at soccer. Uh, well, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't watch it, but I, I caught a lot of the replay. So no, I didn't watch it live. I didn't pay the money. A couple of people text me. You can stream this. There was something else on that night as well. I can't. Was there? I don't know. But I didn't watch it. But uh, might have been the finale of Farmer Wants a Wife or something for you, was it? No, no, or something? <laughs> I think I might have been watching uh, England Pakistan T20. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, no, I didn't watch it, but uh, the zoo seems like he's the real deal, and unfortunately the horn, I think he's done, and uh, yeah, the, the old trainer on the sidelines wasn't a great one, was it? Nah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. The state of the AFL, boys, hasn't been too bad last few weeks. I think uh, we're going to get the season uh, out by the sounds of it. Uh, my Saints are struggling. I don't think, sadly now, I, I don't think we're going to make the finals, which is going to break my heart. Uh Ludy, what are your thoughts? Where's the grand final? We're going to find out this week. Maybe we're going to put this... We might even find out tomorrow. Is it going to be in Brisbane, Perth or Adelaide? got to be Brisbane, doesn't it, Ludes? I think it has to be Brisbane now, but, geez, Adelaide Oval is the best stadium in Australia, so I'd have it there every day of the week. The thing for me that stood out is I know the season's obviously still going ahead and everything's going well, but probably the the athletes, I suppose, being able to back up time and time again when, you know, Mm. we've probably been a bit precious in the past. So I think it's probably highlighted a few things we can do differently in the future from cricket and footy and, Good and call. all sports for, the, for and that matter. Do you know what I also reckon uh, that we've been very precious on is grounds and that, not backing up and not having, you know, games on it, you know, like games before, all that kind of stuff. They've been playing games yeah. left, right and centre on these grounds and uh, they are holding up fine and I reckon they've got to bring reserves back before AFL games of footy so there's a bit of entertainment and it's a full day for the family. What do you reckon, boys? I agree with that too. It's the same in the Big Bash with women's cricket playing Absolutely. on the main stadiums beforehand. They should be on there in the lead-up matches. It's bloody brilliant. I say what what's old should be new again. I, we grew up, and we've told stories, you and I, big fella, on here. I used to love the under-19s, the reserves, and the seniors, all aligned to the one club. Uh, I used to love the country zoning, and I know, oh, yep. you can't live in the past, Chuck. We've moved on, and we've got the Geelong Falcons, and we've got the Eastern Rangers. What was wrong? Seriously, what was old? Let's make it new again, where you have a club, and you develop your players, and they get into yep. the Scooby-Doo's, and when they're good enough, what's wrong with that system? Yep. Yep, I'll get laughed at, but I loved it. I nah, loved it I'm in our you, day. Mate. Yep. Good call. Bring it back. Yeah, and, and if you're good enough, you know, like Richmond have under-19s, under Collingwood, Geelong, they all do. If you're good enough, you'll get down there invited as a 17, 18-year-old uh, and you get in the system. Uh, and, and I reckon, yeah, brilliant. I love it. I suppose the only problem with it, and, and again, look, Adelaide will be fine, Perth will be fine because their systems have got it and they've got the players coming through. I suppose in this national competition uh, that the, you know, the, the um, Brisbane sides, if you like, uh, all the, well, they're not new now, but Gold Coast and Brisbane Lions trying to produce a 19s and a reserves, you know, you'd have to look at that system. But no doubt Adelaide, Perth and Melbourne, it, it'd work fine. Brisbane might be a bit of a struggle. Mm, good stuff. Rugby league based. Good stuff, boys. Well, listen, been a fantastic show as always. The guests just continue to line up at our door now. Let's be honest, uh, we're not really knocking, knocking theirs. Out, we're not knocking down theirs anymore. They are knocking ours down. And uh, where we go from here, who knows? Yeah. I think it's well, back to you. Is it back to you, Ludes, or is it back to me? I think it's back to you, big fella. Back to me. Gee whiz, the pressure is on. Um, but we've it had some on. cracking, cracking guests. I did. 
I had a text message, big fella, before from uh, from Michael Jordan saying when could he come on, and I said, "Well, we've got Gaze, we've got Gazy on tonight, MJ, so we'll just have to wait a little while, uh, we can get you on." But uh, hey, we haven't let the uh, the listeners down, I don't reckon, so far. We've uh, we haven't played a miss too too often. No, absolutely, and uh, just want to dedicate this show to my old boy uh, who passed yeah. away uh, last week. Last- and uh, yeah, just obviously sad times, but you got to remember the good times, boys. Uh, no, our, our love and thoughts, Ludy. I'm sure you might have a word. Uh, it was a sad week uh, when the big fella's dad passed, and in tough times, it would have been very, very difficult. I've experienced similar myself, and it doesn't matter what you say, big fella. Uh, only time, but reflect on the great times that uh, the legacy that he's left on you and your life, mate. That's all I can say. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a good man, Bobby. Well respected in Warrnambool and um, obviously all the Stuart family. So, um, yeah, condolences from me and, and my family. And, um, yeah. He used to love listening to this podcast too, boys. I can assure you of that. Uh, he'd sit up uh, in the wee hours of the morning, put the earphones in. and uh, Really? I ab- oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And you can tell me word for word most of the stories. So he liked a bit of Neil Diamond, so I thought we'd go out with this tonight. Um, oh, yes. I love Neil Diamond too. I'm just going to put a bit of ice on the nurry bag, boys. <laughs> you go and join him, Lutie. Good on you, boys. What a beautiful noise Coming up from the street Got a beautiful sound It's got a beautiful beat It's a beautiful noise Going on everywhere Like the clickety-clack Of a train on a track It's got rhythm to spare It's a beautiful noise And it's a sound that I love As a hand in a glove Yes it does Yes it does What a beautiful noise Coming up from the park It's the song of the kids And it plays until dark It's the song of the cars On the furious flight